Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Voices in Our Heads. I am Christina Hutchinson. Whoo-wee! Wait, Ray. Yeah. For before I get to bad baby, I want to tell you Nashville, Tennessee, Tuesday the 13th of uh of this month, which is April. I'm Corinne and I are going to be at Zanies. It's a off night, but it's a comedy festival. We're doing a stand-up show and we're doing a live taping of Guys We Fucked. Those are two separate things. So, go to the website and get one or both. Tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. Portland, Oregon, April 22nd to the 25th at Helium with Corinne. And then I'm solo headlining Helium in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Giddy, giddy, wah-wah, giddy, giddy, hagey. Gonna get another Eagles tattoo. Eagles? I don't know how Philly people say Eagles, but I think they say it weird. Um, I know instead of saying towel, they say tail. You get a tail to wipe the blood off your wah-wah tattoo? And then Kansas City, Missouri, I'm going to be with you inside of you with Corinne Fisher, May 14th and 15th at the Improv. So suck on that. Those apples. I was going down a, not a wormhole. It was a very light wormhole. It was just one layer of looking things up on YouTube. So I grazed YouTube because I forgot that. There's a song called Gucci Flip Flops by Bad Baby. She's a white female rapper. Um, and it that song gets stuck in my head a lot. I don't know why. I think it's like catchy. <laughs> Do you know that song? Like Gucci Flip Flops. Fuck it. Hit your bitch in the socks. It's a big watch. Diamond dripping off of the clock. I like listen to that when I'm feeling like insecure. And then I'm like, yeah, fuck these bitches. Suck on my sock or whatever. But I remember hearing the origin story of Bad Baby, the white female rapper um, that she was on. I was like, wasn't she on Maury or something? She said she had a catchphrase and she was on Maury. She was on Dr. Phil and her catchphrase was cash me outside. But then (laughs) I was like, oh, God, this chick started on a talk show. That's so funny. And it's one of those things where the mom comes and goes, Dr. Phil, please help my daughter. She's a whore and I want her in jail. And the kid's like 13. And, you know, I have a real big problem with these fucking talk shows. Dr. Phil has some good stuff to say, but she's a child. You know what I mean? So don't talk to her like she should know better when she clearly was raised to be trash. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get mad at her. Don't get mad at bad baby. Get mad at the circumstances with which she was grew up in and the per- people that influenced her. She said she learned to talk that way from the streets, which maybe she did. Maybe it wasn't her mom. But I was listening to the interview. Here's an excerpt of, of bad baby. I don't know. I think her name's Danielle. <laughs> um, this is her appearance on, on Dr. Phil. And Dr. Phil's like, I don't even know what you're saying to me. Streetwise. Yup. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. She's talking about the audience that they're laughing at her. Did Did you say the 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 hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience. The, the, the hoes are laughing. Yeah. And now they're clapping like, yeah, we hoes. Catch me outside. How about that? Huh? Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. What does that mean? What I just said. Catch her outside, I mean she'll go outside and do what she has to do. That's what she's talking about. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is okay, all, yeah. Her mom hates her. This is all mouth. This is mouth. Oh, okay. Do you want to take this outside? Because I think they can bring cameras outside. Really? Because I think I flipped you. You want to do it again? Daddy, don't get all tough. Please don't. This is not the place. Hey, this is not sit the down. Sit down. All right, Dan. That's actually funny, Dr. Phil. Oh, that's it? That's the fuck? Now she's a rapper because of that clip? She said, cash me outside? Oh, God. I'm sure there's more. But I was like, man, that bad baby. What's her origin story? (laughs) Just got me thinking one day. And then her origin story was Dr. Phil. I mean, it goes beyond that because she did stuff before Dr. Phil. She was living her life. But bad baby, man. Cash me outside. She gonna fuck the hose up. (laughs) 
Has anybody ever had deja vu to an old dream? Because that's been happening to me a lot lately. And I'm like, is that because I'm getting more and more into my psychic abilities and I'm meditating and I'm talking to myself in the mirror and I'm like, Christina, you're the shit. And then sometimes I'm like, no, I'm not. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And like, no, I'm not. Well, just pretend you are until you think you are. You're like, that's going to be a long time. But eventually you think you're the shit. That, those are not my affirmations. I don't go, I'm the shit. But it really does help. I got to say, being nice to yourself is not some pussy-ass bitch move. Being kind to yourself and, like, gentle doesn't make you a pussy-ass bitch. And I wish someone would have told me that when I was five, you know? I would fucking ground myself before my parents had the chance to do it. If they found out I did something wrong, which I never did anything that bad. I was such a goddamn angel of a kid. But if I just, my parents would make me weed the garden all the time, which I didn't, whatever. I hated it at the time, but I'm not like, I can't believe I had to weed my parents' garden when I was a kid. That I don't really care about. Uh, I didn't like doing it at the time. But if I had a fucking child, I'd make them do yard work. Absolutely. What I didn't like is having to sell items that I got from my friend's parents' trash at a flea market while my mom slept in the van in a coma of medication and I tried to wake her up to find out what the price of an item was because some creepy ass old man was asking me how much for the chandelier honey and I was like oh she didn't put a price on that okay one second mom mom wake up mom a guy wants to know what a guy wants to know how much the chandelier ten dollars okay she said $10. Would you take seven? Um, hold on. Mom. What? Will we take seven? I don't care. That's a yes. And that's how I would sell stuff. You know, it was just, it was fucking terrible. And I'll complain about it. All the time. When I, when I, when I feel the urge. Because that I feel not bad complaining about. What was I talking about? I don't know. I'm in a weird... When I wake up in the morning, first of all, in the morning, that's cute. When I wake up in the afternoon, I am in a coma for a long ass time. And it's, I think it's because I'm taking, what's the fucking, it's not a prescription sleep thing. Um, it's uh, over the, you go to CVS and buy it. It's called, uh, it's called uh, fucking, I don't know. It's like a NyQuil, but it's not for when you're sick. But it's not melatonin. Somewhere in between there. Anyway, when I take that, I I think that that's contributing to my comatose state the first couple hours of my afternoon. I was going to say morning. <laughs> I just, I'm starting to accept that I guess I'm just not a morning person. Every night I'm like, maybe this is, the, tomorrow's the day where I'll wake up at fucking 10.30 a.m. Maybe tomorrow's the day that I will be a bad baby and wake up, <laughs> but ironically meaning a good ba- good person, and I'll wake up you know, early bird catches the worm. By the time I wake up, there ain't even no trees left for the worms. That the There's nothing there. Everyone's already taken it because everyone's been awake for at least five hours. At least. But I have this idea in my head that if I wake up early, I'm a, be- I'm a good person. Or at least I'm a responsible person. So I'm still fighting myself, guys. It never ends. But you can still work on it. Oh, bad baby. All right, guys. Um, you know what? You know what it's time for? It's time for some fuckboy theater. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do some fuckboy theater. So we're going to read a, 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 a guy's bio. We're going to read a guy's bio that I don't think... He says he's from, I don't know if this, I don't know. He's not from, he's not American and he doesn't speak English. He says that in the profile. But I'm not going to say where he's from because I don't, I don't, it's not about that. But you know when people who English is not their first language, they, their translation of English is not correct, but it's kind of like, oh, sweet. Because really at the end of the day, bitch, you know at least one and a half languages. I barely know one. Okay. So 
you 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 think that oh this person's stupid because they can't translate English correctly, and then you ask yourself, wait, how many languages do I know? And then you go barely one. So you go, no, in fact, that person is not stupid at all. They're smarter than me. So it's one of those things where it's, I would say this fuckboy theater lost in translation version. Okay. All right. This is a guy's bio. Okay. It's his bio. It's the first thing he wants you to know about him. My mantra is, this is his hinge bio. He's answering prompts. The first prompt. My mantra is, if you don't give up, I'll live and die. I repeat, if you don't give up, I'll live and die. Okay, that's his mantra. Next prompt. Oh, I guess I'll read it in like a funny fuckboy voice. I want someone who, and his answer is, if I want a girl's contact information, ask her to offer it to me because I don't want to wait too long. I repeat. I want someone who, if I want a girl's contact information, I'll ask her to offer it to me because I don't want to wait too long. <laughs> and then this is my favorite answer. <laughs> the, the pro- <laughs> I love, I fucking love when someone who doesn't know English, is, when English is not their first language because they know it, they're using it. Can I even utter anything in Mandarin? No. A lick of Spanish, hola and gracias. That's all I got. That's all I got. So I I must keep reminding you that I st- I'm stummer than that. You know? But it just makes me- This is probably if I were to learn Spanish or any other language. This is how I would talk for the first couple years. Okay, last prompt. I'm weirdly attracted to. I am very strange to be kind of you into the whirlpool of love. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna repeat that so you can take it in. I'm weird. I'm weirdly attracted to. I am very strange to be kind of you into the whirlpool of love. <laughs> Honestly, I'll take that over. Nice titties. Can I fuck them? And scene. Oh, can I fuck your sweet tits? No, no, no. Well, come no, on, come on, no. come on. Come no, on. No, no. Oh, come on. Can I fuck your titties? Lines. Just give no. me these titties. Bad baby. Oh, my God. Oh, I did. Man, okay, the Citizen app. <laughs> I was just going to read. I just put a note on here. Read crimes that have been taking place in New York from the Citizen app. Um... Let's see. Let's see if there's any good ones. I'm just reading these off the cuff. These are not saved things that people send me. The Citizen app basically lets you know who's getting raped and murdered and shot and stabbed and running over people in your neighborhood. It's like a really fun app that's uplifting and stuff. Um, And I only go on it at certain periods, you know, select. I got to be in a mood. But it tells you it's and in New York City never disappoints. Let's see what's going on in New York City. I haven't looked at the Citizen app in a while. Okay, 46 minutes ago in Jackson Heights, there was a six hole on fire. Chase Bank robbed of $48,000. That's very specific. Yeah, just burp into the mic. Okay, it's fine. It's almost like the person who robbed Chase reported the crime on the Citizen app. That's very specific. Four dead, including suspect in Van Dyke House's shooting. That's not good. That's not. That's sad. I'm not. Okay, I shouldn't have read that. Uh, Collision involving large machinery on the Queen's Expressway. And then there's videos of it, which is weird. So that now the Citizen app is a pretty big app. I mean, people take videos of everything in New York City, whether, you know, and but when there's someone dying or someone and there's help there, obviously, I mean, I'm sure this happens when there's not help there yet. People just film it for this for the app. And I mean, it as a bystander on the app in my house, not at the accident. It's interesting to see what's happening. But it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Ooh, that guy's get his dead body's getting pulled out of the water. Give me my iPhone, honey. I'm going to film it and put on the citizen app. Crime scene established. What's the fuck? Oh, this is live, you guys. This is live. Oh, my God. 11 minutes ago. Where? 
Oh, that sucks. East 78th and Park? <gasps> I kind of live near there. Wait, this guy's... See, this guy's filming from inside his car at this newly established crime scene in Upper East Side. Oh, wow. Okay, a car got broken into. Something bad happened in the Upper East Side. There's an outside fire. Okay, well, this was outside, not inside. A vigil for hip-hop star DMX out... Oh, wait, shit, did DMX die? Wait, did DMX die? Damn it. Did DMX die? No, I don't think he died yet. Hospitalized. He had a heart attack. In his heart. Where, there's no vigil. Wait, did he die? Fuck, I hope he didn't die. Okay, well, that's on there. Woman, oh. There's a lot of people murdered. Um, five trains shut down due to track fire. Okay, not due to someone jumping in front of it. That's progress. Three people injured after a car crashed into building. Well, they didn't die, did they? No. Okay, always looking on the bright side. Smoke from freight truck fire. All right, that's a bummer. Person trapped after collision. Were well, you trapped in your own head? Welcome to my world. Uh, car crash. Car- wow, a lot of cars crashing. And you know, as often, New Yorkers, when we walk places, like when we're walking down the sidewalk and we approach a stoplight, New Yorkers do not simply wait on the sidewalk. That's some bullshit. No, we have places to go, people to see, things to do, vo- things to say. So we we kind of jut out and 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 wait to cross. In the like a couple feet into the actual road, and we come real close to getting hit by cars. But the cars like don't like they don't hit us, but sometimes they do. And I always wonder, wow, I can't believe there aren't more accidents and more people being run over. And then you look on the citizen app and you go, oh, okay, no, that's pretty much yeah, no, there are a lot of accidents and people getting run over. There's the guy shot in the Bronx, police activity. Okay, I'll, I'll, you know, I was opening this app to hopefully find, like, ooh, a rabid squirrel breaks into CVS. You know, I was trying to find something funny. Um, woman shot, that's not funny. Smoke condition, oh, in the Hasidic neighborhood. Oh, wow, they're all running. Oh, see, this is kind of funny. Uh, hopefully no one's hurt. But there's, uh, in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, there's a neighborhood where the Hasidic Jews uh, live. There's a couple of neighborhoods in Brooklyn, and they, um, that's in that neighborhood because... The video footage of the smoke condition live on the Citizen app is is just a bunch of Hasidic Jews running away. And they really don't like... I mean, I've tried to talk. When I found out I was Jewish, I was like, ooh, they can talk to me now because I'm Jewish. And then one time I tried to talk to them because they were... And they didn't... They got, they're like young boys. They're like fucking 15, okay? But they're handing out pamphlets to other Jews. And I go, I'm a Jew. And he goes, what's, he asked me like, what kind, he didn't say what kind is not the wording he used, but I was like, I don't, I, he, and I showed him my 23andMe app and then apparently it wasn't good enough. Oh, here we go. Here's a funny one. Vicious raccoon. A 911 caller reports there is a raccoon that may have rabies in the backyard of a residence. Oh, rabies. Okay. That's not funny. Person shot outside dental and family medical. Okay. That's not funny. All right. We're going to stop looking at the citizen app, but hey, if you ever want to get bummed out, Person stabbed near play. Oh, fuck. There's a lot of stuff going on. Okay, we're going to get off that. We're going to get off the citizen app. Well, that smile just turned upside down, didn't it? (laughs) Uh, My Patreon is out. It's available to be a patron of. And you know what? Gotta say, I really like it. I really like it because you uh, you can post stuff. It's kind of like a blog that certain people have access to. And I'm doing one level. You get one bonus episode of the voices in our head a month. And the next tier you get two. I recorded the first one already. It's being edited and it's going to come out on Saturday. I fucking got it. I swear. And I listened back to it and I was like, oh, that's a ghost. Houston, we got a ghost on our hands. Over. Her name's Agatha. So, my friend, uh, who lives in New York, um, she flew to St. Louis over the weekend as well, because I have a friend, Wendy Starling, who hosted for Corinne and I when we were doing Helium this weekend, this past weekend. And my friend from New York is good friends with me and Wendy, so she can work remotely from every, anywhere, and she was kind of just sick of her apartment, so she's like, I'm going to fly to St. Louis, I'm going to get an Airbnb, and I'm just going to hang out with you guys, and I'll work during the day. And we're like, oh, fuck yeah, perfect, love hanging out with friends in different cities, Okay. 
My girl has some balls because she rented a famously haunted Airbnb in St. Louis, Missouri. And I was like, wait, you really going to do that? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, can I record a podcast episode um, in the middle of your Airbnb with the three of us after one of our shows? And we'll try to hang out and talk to the ghosts. And she was like, sure. And I was like, wow, you're not scared. And she's like, no. And I was like, me neither. Uh, Cool. I'm not scared either. So the first night when we were in St. Louis... Me, Corinne, Wendy all went back to this friend's Airbnb, haunted Airbnb. We only had one show that night, so we were there at like 11. It, it, and it's by the Lemp family mansion. Lemp, the Lemp family is a, uh, ran a brewery uh, in St. Louis. And the woman of this Airbnb, she was a maid. She lived in the maid's quarters. That was her little part. It was a one bedroom apartment with a kitchen. Uh, really cute, homey apartment. But you walked in and you're like, ooh, there's some history in this place, huh? I didn't get a bad vibe, but I got a vibe, you know? So we walk in and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I was so thirsty to see a goddamn ghost. But it was really early. And so there was a, a guest book in a part of this Airbnb on the kitchen table. It says, hey, you know, before you leave, write a little bit about your stay. And as all, you know, our friends are all, you know, drinking and eating and stuff, I'm going through this guest book and I'm looking for you know, people saying, oh, I saw the ghost. One of the entries said that her name was Agatha. And I was like, boom, we got the name, Agatha. And then an, a bunch of entries were like, hey, no no ghost activity, but we had a great time. The owners of the Airbnb are so nice, and they gave us these fucking pretzels. And I was like, yeah, pfft, I don't care. And then a bunch of people said that items were moved. You know, they woke up one day. The, two people said that their pillowcases were, they woke up with their pillowcases off of their actual pillow. And at first I was like, Eh, maybe you could have that could have happened in your sleep easily but like then a third person said it like separately and I was like ooh maybe Agatha just really hates pillowcases so I was really dead set on seeing Agatha so that was Thursday night and then so Saturday night I was like hey guys I brought my podcast equipment I want to do my first bonus episode of Voices in Our Heads so I interviewed Wendy and my friend um, who did she's not a performer so she's like can you just not say my name I'm like that's fair that's very fair you got like a big kid job um we were in it, and I wanted to be there at 3 a.m. We recorded the podcast from 2 a.m. to 3.20 a.m., okay? Because every entry in this guest book of this Airbnb that said we did experience something weird, it always, if there was a noise, it always happened at between 3 a.m. and 3.30 a.m. And I was like, well, that's that makes sense because that's fucking ghost an hour. Duh. So... <laughs> So we're we have this really beautiful conversation because Wendy and this girl, her they're they're two of my really close friends that I love. That they we've been through a lot. The the one woman who I'm we're not I think we called her like consultant or, and then we called her cunt a few times lovingly. Um, I've known her since I was uh for like twelve years. Um, so we go way back and Wendy and I've known each other and we've been through a lot. And whenever I want to kill myself, I just call Wendy and I'm like, Wendy, I want to jump off a fucking roof. And she's like, girl, it's okay. Tell me what, what happened? What's going on? And it's very helpful. Um, so I'm really close with these two women. And so we were having this really beautiful conversation and I was, I was talking to them about, you know, on the voices in our head, my, my new like mission is to prove to people that death is fake and time is not real. And we were just, I was talking to them about certain emails that I've received from you guys. And one of the emails from a guy, um, uh, I read, I think I read it last week. Um, this woman's, uh, I don't know if it was your boyfriend or your close friend. It was a guy in high school who passed away and he comes to you in your dreams. But then um, years later, you had a dream where he actually talked to you and you felt like completely moved. And and so I ended up, when I uh, originally was going to read that email, was for a couple of weeks earlier and I had it on my intro sheet, you know, of emails I wanted to read. And for whatever reason, I didn't read it that episode. So I carried it over and I, I read it the next episode. The episode that I read it on came out on the anniversary of this guy's death, first of all. And I was like, ooh, I got the willies. And then, because she DM'd me and told me that. She's like, oh, you read my email. Like, it came out on his death, the anniversary of his death. And I didn't realize this either, but the microphone cut out when I said his name. And she was like, I swear that was him doing that. I'm like, that's so cool. So anyway, in this bonus Patreon episode that it's going to come out, I'm telling Wendy and my friend this and just how cool it is. And Wendy shares some crazy magical experiences about people coming to her in her dreams and then dying shortly after. That is, I'm like, yo, you fucking psychic. I mean, we're all psychic, but like you have an ability that you don't even have to try. 
it just it's a thing how cool is that so i'm telling them about this email from the listener and i really ended up releasing it on the anniversary of his death which i didn't know and all this stuff and i was like that's so cool and then as i was saying that i didn't i didn't have my headphones in and then i put them on just to i don't know why i put them on um I had them off because I had to pee, and so I was like, hey, you guys talk while I pee. And then I came back, I put the headphones on, and I heard this tapping, this weird tapping and like a radio signal type of sound in the headphones that I've never heard before. And it, I looked down, and it was like almost 3 a.m., and, and, I, and I threw the headphones off of my head, and both Wendy and my friend were like, what? What happened? And I go, Wendy? can you just put these headphones on real quick? And uh, there's this weird sound that I've never heard before in the recorder. And so she put it on because I was like, it's 3 a.m. It's exactly, you know, this is the, we waited to, we wanted to keep talking until past three so we can experience, you know, fucking Agatha the ghost. Oh, uh, but P.S. She killed herself uh, in that apartment because the architect of the Lemp family mansion, she was in love with this man and he didn't return her love back. And this is all, this is, you know, apparently the story um and then so she killed herself which i'm like ah, you sure was she murdered i don't know who knows but that was a story so there she but she 100 percent killed herself in the room that we were recording in so i was like we're gonna get a ghost <laughs> and i i heard that sound freaked me out i gave the headphones to wendy and I was, and she listened, and she's like, "I don't hear anything yet. I just hear, you know, us talking." And then all of a sudden, she was like, "Dude, wait, stop!" And there was this. She's like, "There's a tapping. There's like a tap." And I was like, "Oh, give the headphones to our friend, um, who didn't want her name out there." So she did. And then my friend has them on. She's like, "Holy shit!" And I was like, oh, "I hope that's on the fucking recording." And I went to upload the podcast uh, files to be edited to my editor, Mike. And I, you know, I played it through and I was like, oh, it's still there. It is 100% on that recording. Holy fucking shit. So the first bonus episode of the Patreon for the voices in our heads has a goddamn ghost interference on it. And boy, in that, oh, great way to start, huh? I'm so excited. And the other thing I like about Patreon is I've been sharing a lot of things. I basically took... The resources that I talk about in this podcast, I have the resources for my life, some of which you've heard on here and some of which you haven't. Things that have just like changed my life and made it better, both simple and complicated things. I'll put on the Patreon. I've only put a couple things on there so far, but I really like it because you're putting it up there for people who who presumably give a shit, which is kind of nice. Like, I like talking to people who give a shit because this is the other thing about money that I was reading. Um, Louise Hay was saying it, and I was like, well, if Louise says it, it's right. Because that bitch is just wonderful. Uh, money is energy, right? And if you think about it, um, you're it's an exchange of energy. Money is an exchange of energy. And I think that's a really great way to think about it because I'll give you my energy just in the in the context of this Patreon for example I'm going to give you my energy that I, I I'm excited to give you of th- like really cool oh god I'm going to I'm working on a gift guide like the most unique gifts both for babies cuz I have I have found I've scoured the fucking internet well our assistant has um and then I have too but a culmination of years of gift giving um I just I can I feel like I can make a really good gift guide for things that are really unique. If you if this you know you don't know what this person likes, it doesn't matter. Like these certain gifts that I have, they're like my go to gifts, and I have like twenty of them, so it's like a good variety. It's like a you know it's like a fucking gift guide. That's one of the posts that I'm working on. But I'm I put in a lot of energy into this, and I really like it because you're giving me your energy in the form of money, but not it's not like. You know, money isn't everything, but like money is like a, a, a and a, has a respectful energy to it. Do you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Uh, so there's like this give and take of this really good energy being exchanged with the Patreon. So thanks, Louise Hay, for making me not feel like a piece of shit. And thank you, everyone who's who's pledged and been a patron so far. It's really fun. I'm like, you guys like me? Oh, that's fun. Wow. Maybe I won't kill myself. No, it's not relying on that. <laughs> um, oh, here's a call to action that I wanted to ask you guys. Because 
I have, this is another thing. I wanted to put this up on the Patreon, um, but I wanted to crowdsource any suggestions because you guys did not disappoint with Feel Your Feelings January where I asked for a song that, you know, what's a song that really makes you cry, that moves you, that just stops you in your tracks and makes you, uh, puts you in your feelings and emotions and makes you feel like a human. Um, And you guys had really great suggestions. So I have a playlist. It's on, uh, it's public. Um, It's called uh, on Spotify, Christina's Sexy Playlist, I think it's called. Uh, But it's, originally it was songs to fuck to and then Spotify was like, you can't say that. And I'm like, really? I thought you were cool, Spotify. But um, songs that make you want to fuck. And I know, I'm not talking about the heavy hitters. I'm not talking about, you know, older songs. I'm talking about songs like Glory Box by Portishead. If you listen to that on good speakers, there's no way your dick's not going to wiggle a little bit or your pussy's not going to get wet. I'm talking about songs that are so fucking sexy that they immediately put you in this zone of wanting to fuck okay so if you have a song or two or three or whatever songs that really make you want to fuck and let me let me give you an example actually let me i'll play you a, a song like um massive attack has some and it's just the bass is just fucking sexy and you're like even if you, you know, if you like me and you haven't had sex in a really long time, but you put this playlist on, the rhythm will come back to you immediately because these songs are so sexy. That's the kind of sexy songs I'm I'm looking for. And I and I and I've looked on the internet like what songs are good to fuck to in in so many words. And it's just all the basic songs that I'm like, no, it can't be they can't be cheesy. They can't be cheesy. Um Doja Cat, so high. That's a good one. Um some of these songs are like a little more like hip hoppy, like fun hip hoppy, and then others are just like, "Let's we're fucking," you know what I mean? Rihanna, oh, great songs to fuck to. Um, let's see, oh, god, yeah, teardrop. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Is this one good one? Like, imagine you naked, feeling hot. Is your dick hard, or is your vagina wet? Or is whatever you fucking have jumping up and down going, it's time to fuck. Now, and that's just on my shitty iPhone speaker. Uh, So that's the kind of songs that I'm like, give me those songs. So do you have a song that you know of that's not as mainstream that you're like, yo, put this song on and you're going to want to fuck. I'm compiling a list of songs to fuck to. And I'm, you know, uh, for the the day that when I, when I fuck one day. It's going to happen. I just know it. <laughs> uh, we're all trying. Hey, congrats on not killing yourselves. I, re- I really mean that. With I mean every word. One of the affirmations that I've been doing that's working, I write them down every day because that's just what makes me feel good. Do what makes you feel good. And if this shit seems corny to you, then don't do it and tell me to go fuck myself. I don't care. But one of the affirmations that I've that I've been writing down and saying and I say it with my arms spread out, like my my like my wingspan, like my arms are just like spread out as far as they can, reaching left and right. I say everything I need to know is revealed to me. And if you say say it, everything I need to know is revealed to me. Just say it out loud. Say it out loud. Everything I need to know is revealed. And if you you just say that, and I've been writing it down too, I I'm paying more attention to cues you know how I've been like you know if if a, if a loved one of yours has recently passed away ask them for a sign well when you ask them for a sign there's a level of awareness that kind of you get you get into a slightly deeper level of awareness and it's really nice it's not fight or flight type of awareness it's not like is there danger it's more like oh shit you notice things that you don't personally you, that you hadn't noticed before and I I kind of talked to um I don't talk to anybody who's passed away so much on a daily basis or just like, you know, I just call it the universe and who knows, you know, but it just, it feels right. feels right to me. Um, But I really wanted a 2021 Mustang because I rented one. I rented a car at Avis to go see my, uh, where did I, oh no, Corinne and I rented, uh, I wanted to rent a car to go to the Baltimore Magoobies gigs. And I, the guy that works at the local Avis that I rent from 
is he loves me and he always upgrades me. And so he was there when I went to pick up my rental and I was like, perfect. He gave me a 2021 Ford Mustang. Okay. And it looked, the back of it looked like a Porsche. It was a two, was it two door or was it four door? No, I think it was two door, but it was four seat. And you could fit people in the back. It wasn't like four seat, <laughs> JK, no one can fit there. Uh, and it, I just fell in love with this car. And I was like, oh, I kind of want one. And I don't buy stuff. The biggest thing I've ever bought was a house for my parents. So, you know, not really indulging on myself with my own money. So I was like, oh, I really want one. And then they kept showing up. And they showed up in a way that I was like, there was one parked outside my apartment. And, and it was specifically a 2021 Ford Mustang. That's the very specific type of model. If you're into cars... You know that with every year, the car looks slightly different. The body of the car, the aerodynamics of the car are slightly different. There was a big difference between the 2021 model and previous Mustang models, okay? the back, I love that the back of it looked like a Porsche. And the front of it looked like a looked like an Infiniti or an Audi. Or like I don't know. It was just, I really dug this fucking car. And there was one parked two nights ago in front of my apartment. And I was like, whoa. And then I go, is this a sign or like, no. Because I don't know. I'm still skeptical. So I looked up to the sky and I was like, all right, spear guides or whoever the fuck. If if I should get a, a Mustang, show me a red one. I want to see a red Mustang. And I swear to God, I got in a cab to go pick up Kevin. This was when I got home. That's right. This is when I got home from St. Louis. I got in a cab to go pick up Kevin. And two blocks uh, into the trip I looked to my right and there's a fucking red Ford Mustang and I was like oh well god damn it I guess I gotta buy one now huh but I'm scared to buy one because that's a really big purchase and a brand new car oh it depreciates but then I'm like well you're not gonna have a good experience buying one with that attitude Christina I just I still don't know what's irresponsible and what's not like I don't know I have money to buy the car, but I'm like, but I want to do this fucking theater building. I just, but I don't, I really want a car. It just, and it's like, what do you do? Can somebody tell me what to do? And you're like, no, I have to tell me what to do. It's very scary to tell yourself what to do. But everything I need to know is revealed to me. That's a good affirmation, boo-boos. It's a good affirmation. Can I just say the the amount of times that I have closed the Instagram app on my phone, I'm talking closed. I'm talking you swipe up and then you swipe it up and you close the app on your phone. The amount of times I have closed the Instagram app on my phone and then immediately reopened it without even thinking is astounding. I mean, these motherfuckers tricked us. We're fucking tricked. And if you watch documentaries about the impacts of social media such as uh that fucking god damn it what's it called the one wait netflix doc about social media it's fucking called the social dilemma wow wow christina if you watch the social dilemma there are interviews with people who used to work at Instagram and Facebook and these places that feel terrible because they very knowingly created the app so that it would be con- controlling of other people so that you would do things like close it, like close the app and then immediately, I don't even, I don't even go, I don't even swipe to another screen of apps. I don't even open another app. I, I close the Instagram app and then I immediately click on the Instagram app and open it. And then it takes me a good two seconds to realize what I just did. And I'm like, well, that's some witch shit, huh? That's some fucking sorcery, isn't it? Fucking Instagram with your magic spells. Fuck you. I love you. I don't want to, but I need you for my goddamn career. And I do like it sometimes. Fucking shit. Oh no, I spilled coffee on my on my thing. Whenever I spill stuff, I spill stuff on everything, man. If I'm wearing a really nice outfit, I'm a spill. Every time. And then when I but it, you know, what do you, what am I going to do? Because I I'll put on a nice outfit and I'll go, well, I'm a, you know, I don't want to spill anything on it, but I, I I might. And then I'm so purposefully careful whenever I have a liquid nearby. And then 
I mean, sometimes it's not even me that gets that does the spilling. It's somebody else that spills on me. And I'm like, well, damn it. And so, you know, I could get mad at it or I can just not care and not care. It's way better. So spill away. Spill away, y'all. I left Kevin. As I said, I had to go pick him up after St. Louis. That was very hard. That was very, very hard. And I was properly, clinically, psychologically triggered uh, two days before my trip to St. Louis. And I knew, and I it was really nice. Usually when I'm triggered, psycholo- and I'm talking about this in the psychological term, which um, ha- the respect for this term and the knowledge surrounding this psychological term of triggering has really been pooped on a lot lately by society being very hyperbolic and going, um, I'm triggered. That's a cupcake. I'm triggered. Fuck you, bitch. Now you're not. Triggered is reliving an old memory as if it's happening to you in real time when in the reality is nothing about your present state and surroundings have might not have anything to do with that old memory. It could be a smell. It could be a color. It could be anything that triggers you. But you historically, when I when I would get triggered, I would know you couldn't not know because I was acting like a goddamn maniac. I was having panic attacks, uh, ang- like anger attacks is more what I would call them. I was rude to people in, in public, like walking around New York City. I'm like, get the fuck out of my way. I didn't say it exactly like that, but I did say like, move. And I would yell um, because I had I, I felt the rage of a thousand suns swirling inside my bones and blood and muscles. It's real fun. Don't recommend it. But that's why I smoke weed. So... But now, because I'm so aware and I've been doing the deep dives of figuring myself out and I've been meditating, which is a goddamn game changer, I know when I'm getting triggered. And I think I read a passage from one of the goddamn books that I've read on here where this therapist was talking about getting triggered. He was in his kitchen alone making dinner for himself and he was cutting up vegetables and meat and he cut up this piece of meat and all of a sudden he got really irritated and he started berating himself inside of his head and he didn't know why. And then he just rushed to make this dinner and like burned himself and didn't make the dinner right. And was just it was this tumbleweed of getting mad at himself that kind of came out of nowhere. But he he eventually understood that there was a link between him cutting the fat off of this steak. That's what did it because it triggered him to when he was a kid and his dad would call him fat. I don't know exactly that was that's the gist of it <laughs> but I was like oh that's interesting so I had happened to have therapy um the day before I left for St. Louis and I knew I was triggered and I was like well in this something doc I go I'm I think I'm like triggered but I don't know exactly what it is she goes okay well what's going on I'm like I'm really sad to leave Kevin like I think about dropping Kevin off at my friend's house and I know he's going to be in good hands with my friend and who has a dog who Kevin loves and he loves her and I know it's it's going to be great for him because he's going to learn to not be codependent, but I'm so deeply devastated. And so she's like, okay, well, let's, that's something, let's look into that. And basically, it had to do with my mom's stuff. Like, we kind of traced it back to pretty specific moments of being left. Uh, most notably, when my mom went to, uh, there was a point in time where she lived in a car, and I was maybe five. I didn't know where she was. No one fucking told me where she was. My dad didn't tell me. My brother didn't tell me. No one knew when, if she would come back. So I didn't know if she would come back. And I was just like, okay, I guess it's just me now, huh? And then my dad, okay. And I don't even know. I don't know how we figured that out. But that that's uh, at the time when I was a kid. But it, it had to do with that. And so it was really interesting. And my therapy ended. And all of a sudden I felt better. Because I was like, oh, th- I was reliving this experience when thinking about dropping Kevin off as if I'm abandoning Kevin the way I was abandoned or something like that. And honest to God, my mood, I got so happy. It was like I took a happy pill because I, I figured out the link and it was not in control of me anymore. It was really cool. That's never happened before. I've never been in this like state where I have the mental agility to figure it out. And I was very lucky to have therapy. And also, I got to say, my therapist is expensive. She's very expensive. And she's a trauma specialist. So that also is a big help. And I know not everybody 
can get that. But if you think that you've experienced childhood trauma and you go to sign up for one of these therapy apps, request somebody who can deal with traumatic childhoods. Okay, I, I they're out there. You need somebody who who has an understanding of of what goes on in a person's head mentally when they've been you know fucking yelled at for doing nothing as a child or if their mom lived in a car or if they had to fucking dig from their neighbor's trash in the middle of the night so their mom could sell it at a flea market only to fall asleep when I needed her most to see what the prices were. So request a trauma therapist, guys, if you've had trauma. Oh, man, St. Louis. St. Louis. I went to the city museum by myself, and I was so happy. And I I was so happy... um, not because I was going by myself, but I was just happy to be there. There were too many children there, and I was annoyed by that. And I pushed the kids out of the way, but only if they pushed me first. Uh, I'm, I don't agree with being the bigger person. I think it's lame. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But I did push kids out of the way. Uh, it was really fun. And I, I was t- waiting for an Uber back from the city museum to my hotel before the shows that night. And I was like, well, I want to st- there should be a city museum, a, a place like that but no kids allowed in New York or in Brooklyn or in Jersey or something. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder how they fund that. I wonder if the, somebody, you know, bought at this giant warehouse and then got state funding. How did they do it? Right. That's why I wanted to know. So I looked it up. I looked up the city museum's website and on the city museum's website, it talks about Bob Cassily, Robert Cassily who's the co-founder of city museum. He's a cement, he's a sculptor and he's an older guy and he died. And it said like, you know, he just, wanted to create this space and it took years the uh the city museum started in the 90s and uh you know little piece by piece they added l- floors of exhibits and all this cool stuff and it was cool to read about it and then at the end it said bob castley died in a tragic bulldozing accident bulldozer accident and i was like oh that's weird and then i looked up bob castley bulldozing accident and the first thing that came up was this was no accident he was murdered and i was like well let's do this pivot motherfuckers what, who the fuck murdered him? He was definitely murdered. Uh, and then I went on this giant wormhole of Bob Cassidy. And f- uh, there's a lot of my friends sent me Reddit threads or people who follow me online sent me Reddit threads about it. I want to figure out who the fuck murdered Bob Cassidy, y'all. He was murdered in 2011. He was His body was found in the cab of a bulldozer at Cementland. Okay. Cementland is also in St. Louis. It was his next project. And he was making this like, re- it sounded really fucking cool. His body was found in the cab of a bulldozer, bloody, and they um, police the police immediately said it was an accident. But the bulldozer was not tipped over. It was leaning to the side because that's what bulldozers do when you're driving up a goddamn motherfucking hill. But his body, they and they released fo- one of the articles actually had photos of the crime scene of Bob Castley's body. It didn't it looked like he was sleeping. Uh, it wasn't a huge close up, but you could see a couple feet away was a puddle of blood with a rock that was bloody. And then six feet from that was the bulldozer and Bob was in it. But there was no somebody beat the shit out of him outside and then put him in the cab of the bulldozer. It's very clear. But the police are very adamant that it was an accident. And I was like, well, that's fucking some that I smell some bullshit. And then you dig deeper and deeper and you learn that he had this wife, Giovanna. I think it was his second wife. He had two wives. One of his wives he had two children with Max and Daisy. And then they divorced. This woman, Gail. He divorced and married this woman, Giovanna. Giovanna took a, took a restraining order out against Max, Bob's one of Bob's sons, because he, quote, was getting mixed in with the wrong people and threatened to kill her. And I was like, okay. And I'm reading It's just there's a lot of juicy layers. There's a lot of juicy layers to this. But then one day when Giovanna was away in another country. Wait, I, I took notes on this. Let me actually read you from my notes because I'm just summarizing. Oh, Giovanna was in Portugal. Okay, here we go. December 2011, Giovanna Cassidy took out a restraining order against her stepson, Max. Okay? And then in uh, in 2011, Giovanna went to Portugal. Bob Cassidy was in Cementland. That's where he died, but this was before he died. He was jumped by three guys in Cementland, and he went to a mas- his massage therapist after the scuffle. And, and the massage therapist later... Uh, you know, confirmed that there was bumps and bruises on Bob's body. And he had no idea why these three guys were jumping him. And 
he goes to the massage therapist because uh, the massage therapist was like, holy shit, you got like the shit beat out of you. And Bob Castley goes, you should see the other three guys. And then that was that. And then Max, the son that Giovanna took a restraining order out against, his roommate sold weed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Who cares? And then one night in between like around 2010-11, two dudes come to Max's apartment pretending to want weed from the roommate. They get in the apartment. They go, is Max Cassily here? They go to Max Cassily's room and shoot him in the legs and the arms. And he's has to go to the hospital for a very long time. And then he recovers. Okay. And then when Giovanna, Giovanna, that wife, went to Los Angeles, Bob Cassidy was later found dead in the cab of this bulldozer. And I'm like, well, that's fucking weird, huh? Oh, okay. It says August 13th, 2011. Two armed guys showed up at Max's apartment, Bob's son with Gail, to buy weed to the roommate. And uh, when they walked in, they asked where Max was and shot him in the arms and legs. Um, oh, John Henry Blake was one of the guys who shot him. He was taken into custody. Giovanni, Giovanna, the, that wife who got the restraining order against her stepson, insisted it was related to Max's substance abuse, which is why she got the restraining order. And I'm like, if this motherfucker smoking weed, he ain't guilty of nothing except sitting on his couch, okay? But I have, we did have a couple experiences in St. Louis with men who were not on weed. They were on something much stronger. So I'm really obsessed with this murder mystery of figuring out who murdered Bob Cassidy. Um, so if anybody has any uh, clues, if you're listening and you know, I mean, hey, stranger things have happened, okay? Stranger things have happened. Guys, I'm going to read a couple magic emails. And then I'm going to read an excerpt of this beautiful story that um, that will make your life better. That's a big, that's a big, that's a big promise. Okay, let's read. And keep sending me them. If you've had an experience with a loved one who's passed away or you have had a freaky magic experience or you've dreamt someone's died and then they died or they hung out with you in your dreams, email me. The Voices in Our Heads podcast at gmail.com. Okay, let's read a couple. May of 2008, my mother passed away at the age of 49 from a heart attack. She always said that she believed that there was something beyond this life. A few weeks after, my girlfriend and best friend attempted to get me out of a slump by taking me to Atlantic City to play some poker for the weekend. I signed up and I was playing okay, not really going anywhere but surviving. On the first break, they have them every 1.5 hours. I walked out uh, onto the boardwalk and looked out over the ocean and spoke to her as if she was standing next to me. Oh, that's sweet. I told her, if you're out there, I could use some help. I feel like my life is falling apart and these cards suck. I'm going to lose like I always do. I was kind of upset. It was, a very, it was very calm when I walked out, but just after I said that, the wind picked up something fierce. That's so funny. My brother says that. Something fierce. The wind picked up something fierce. I got a chill and walked inside. When I sat back at the table, it was like I could do no wrong. I bluff and everyone would fold. I had it and everyone would call. Like something you see in a movie montage. I was walking on water. Two and a half hours later, the tournament finished. I was the only one left and had won. I'm not sure if this was a coincidence. It wasn't. There's no coincidences. Was it just a strong breeze? Did I get lucky hand after hand? From that moment, I have lived like my mother could see everything. That day changed my life. Love you, Mom. Thanks for listening. Wayne. Oh, fucking so cool, Wayne. God damn it, that's so cool. All right, this subject line. A ghost is slowly breaking my bong? That's rude. About a month ago, I noticed a perfume smell in my apartment. Made no sense as I don't even wear perfume. It gives me migraines. It trailed from the door through my hall to the kitchen where I keep my bong. Later that day, I noticed a crack starting in the base of the bong, which continued to grow larger that night until the piece broke off. Oh, that's weird. I got a sense that a spirit of an old prop- uh, of an old property manager. Oh, that's funny. You just got that sense. Sometimes that's what it is. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, I think this is what it is. And then it is. I mean, there's no way of fact-checking, but go with your gut, baby. I got a sense that it's a spirit of an old property manager. (laughs) That thought popped into my head and I felt very sure it was true. She just had a checking on things energy to her spirit. However, breaking my bong wasn't cool. Uh, It's still usable. And since I can't afford to replace it while I'm in school, I've just kept using it. Then this past weekend, that perfume smell was back and another part of the bong was broken. Oh, cool. This time, the perks of the inside 
The perks on the inside of the filter smoke. Wait, what? This time, the perks on the inside that filter the smoke. Okay. I right away got out of the, uh, got out the sage this time, and I'm hoping I don't get another visit resulting in more broken glass. I've definitely been noticing way more things like this since you started on this topic. Love it. Love the girl on the horse. Oh, yeah. She listens to the podcast on the horse. Oh, are you riding your horse, y'all? Are you doing your spreadsheets? That's cool. That's fucking cool. Okay, I'm going to read one more, and then I'm going to read the short story. Hi, Christina and Kevin. Hello. I have a story about some weird magic-like thing that I thought you might like, think was interesting given the discussion on the podcast lately. I have a brother who is four years older than me. Before I was born, my brother, three at the time, approached my mom and promptly told her, quote, I'm ready for my sister now. My mom, of course, was like, uh, huh? He had proceeded to tell her that when he was being born, he had a sister in the womb with him. He said that she, in parentheses, me, wanted to be born uh, together and be twins, but that he told her to stay because she wasn't ready to be born yet, but that I, quote, I would come back uh, for her when she was ready. He said that now I was ready and he would like to meet me again. Sure enough, my mom was pregnant when he told her that, or shortly thereafter, and nine months later, he had his sister, me. I know it isn't the craziest story, but it's weird and sweet. Kids are definitely more in tune than we give them credit for. Thanks for all you do love the podcast. I mean, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They are. Kids are smart. Okay. Before we go, I'm just... I love magazines. I love specialty magazines. I don't like magazines that are like, Ugh, Angelina Jolie's a skinny anorexic cunt. Like, I don't... You know, I don't like those. I don't like gossip magazines, but I lo- there's a lot of specialty magazines when you go to an airport. There's all these stories with specialty magazines about traveling and about, you know, enriching your life and being not a piece of shit. And I found this magazine that I was like, oh, this seems up my goddamn alley called Magnolia Journal. And it's by a, a husband and wife, I believe. And the wife, because I want to give her credit. What's her fucking name? The wife's name is Joe, I think. Yeah, Joanna Gaines and Chip Gaines. They're the they're they made this magazine and it's really cool. Everything in this magazine is good. At least for me. And so there's stories and there's interviews and there's really beautiful short essays. So this is um Joanna Gaines wrote this um little essay. And the title of it is A New View of Time. And I wanted to read it to you because I think this is something that we all could benefit from. Okay. Even if we're not officially taught it in school, from a young age, we learn the value of efficiency. Got that right. We're encouraged to manage our time well and offered reminders by those older and wiser that, quote, time is a thief. The irony is that some of us actually wait for that to be true. Some of us grow up expecting time to one day abandon even our best laid plans. For me, the lessons about efficiency as good-natured as they might have been, started to cultivate a fear of misplacing what little time I thought I had. Houston, time's fake. Over. It's not real. I started to measure my days based on all the things I didn't get to instead of all that I was able to do. I leaned into efficiency more and more over the years, treating time like something to control and wearing the way I managed it like a badge of honor. Oh, I used to do. I'm like, I'm a perfectionist, and that's good, because that means I'm better than you, right? <laughs> right? Guys, right? No. And the truth is, I am good at being efficient. In a lot of ways, it feels like the most natural thing in the world for me. I wasn't made to sit still, and I love to knock out a punch list, which, by the way, isn't bad. It's how I'm wired. Besides, an efficient outlook can be really a really healthy thing. It can help guide our decisions so that the ways we spend our time align with our truest intentions, weeding out any lesser things or unwelcome distractions. In those moments, being efficient feels good and right, wise even. Yet when I look back at my life, I can see how gradually I began choosing efficiency over everything, even things that I knew deep in my bones were worthy of my time. One of those moments happened about a year and a half ago, We were having a big family dinner at my parents' house. My younger sister and her family were there, 
all of our kids, 11 in total, were playing out on our parents' back, big back lawn. My youngest son, Crew, was about a year old at the time. And by then we'd figured out that when we could get him to bed by 7.30 p.m., he was just an all-around happier kid the next day. So Crew's bedtime became an important part of our family's daily routine. And getting him down for the night on time felt like a win, like I'd succeeded in managing our time well. So at my parents' house, when I noticed that it was already half an hour past Crew's bedtime, the stress started to creep in. I hollered at the kids that it was time to start loading up just as my dad asked me to stay and watch the sunset with him. It was a summer night, so by 8 p.m., it probably would have meant staying another 15 minutes to catch the last of the daylight. But I didn't see it that way. I saw it only for what it would cost me tomorrow. So I told my dad I wouldn't do it the next time, and then we headed home. It didn't take me long to regret that moment. My dad is the most understanding person when it comes to my family's time. Oh, that's nice. How's that? An invitation to stay and watch the sun disappeared with him was a special request. I realized I'd held a meaningful moment hostage in the name of efficiency. Oh, that that hurts because it's true and I need to realize that. Over the years, I had become so completely preoccupied with the idea of spending my time efficiently that I was missing opportunities to spend it well. I had believed that the structure I built around my family was keeping everyone prepared for all the stuff that life throws at you, and part of it was, and still does. But structure all the time leaves little space to simply be delighted, to let a moment catch you by surprise. What I've come to learn is that sometimes what structure ends up shielding you from is the fullness of life. Time went by and I kept saying to Chip that I needed to get back to my parents' house to watch the sun go down with my dad. But then COVID-19 hit and more months passed. Spring turned to summer. Finally, this past fall, I called my dad one day after work and asked him to meet me in his backyard. And this time, as evening dimmed, instead of watching the clock, I watched the sun fall lower and lower until it hovered just above the horizon. Dad and I talked mostly about the ordinary, the kids, work, the house, But the fact that I'd made it back to this place, that I'd been given a chance to reclaim a moment I'd so freely given away, was extraordinary. For so long, I'd chased efficiency for fear of misplacing my time. Yet, as we stood there, eyes fixed on the sherbet-colored sky, I wondered how many other moments just like this I had misplaced instead. That evening was a turning point for me. No longer would I measure my life based on what I achieved in a day, a week, an hour. Now, it is time spent in moments like the one I shared with my dad that, I hopefully, def- that hopefully define my lifetime. Time spent abandoning plans in order to catch a glimpse of something truly beautiful. Of being surprised by a moment of laughter or joy or heartache and letting it sink in for a breath or two. Time spent taking in the only view that really matters, the unfolding right in front of me. Well, I mean, isn't that, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, wait, where is it? Thank thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Guys, this has been the voices in our head. Congratulations on not killing yourself. Sign up for my Patreon, patreon.com slash Christina Hutchinson if you want to hear uh, the haunted episode and a lot of other things. I love you so much. I'll talk to you next Wednesday.
Hi, little girl. You're so cute. Is your mommy home? Bitch, I am my own mommy the fuck. Um, so mom's not home? Bitch, you just heard me the fuck. I know I ain't speaking Chinese. Am I at the right house? Yeah, bitch, you must have the wrong house. The fuck you got going on? With your ugly ass milk trying to poison me and shit. I don't know where the fuck you got that milk from. Definitely ain't I no fucking cow. I'm gonna go and come back. She's adorable. Gucci flip flops, fuck it, hit your bitch in my socks. This